You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Welcome to this episode of the Business of Practice podcast, where we focus on the business and human sides of equine veterinary medicine. In this episode, we're going to talk to Dr. Mike Pownall about what is practice culture. I'm your host, Kim Brown, editor of Equimanagement. The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you in 2023 by Care Credit. Pownall, DVM MBA, is a partner in McKee Pownall Equine Services in Canada. After more than 10 years of practicing in the field with a focus on lameness, podiatry, and dentistry, Dr. Pownall now consults with the veterinarians of McKee Pownall on lameness and podiatry cases. A major part of his role also includes managing the practices. Dr. Pownall is the Canadian manager of Oculus Insights. That company is focused on helping veterinarians and other members of the animal healthcare industry improve their businesses. Dr. Pownall often speaks internationally on social media and practice management for veterinarians. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Pownall. As always, it's a pleasure. Good to see you, Kim. Well, this is a, a pretty important topic, and we're not, you know, this is one of those that you could spend an afternoon talking about. But we're just going to kind of hit the points that maybe are top of mind for some practices and some practitioners. So what is practice culture in the equine veterinary industry? So practice culture is the same regardless of an industry. It's what every business has. And you can either have it intentional or just happens. And I guess (laughs) the best way you can describe culture, uh, I'll, I'll go with the easiest way is, how do people behave when the boss isn't around? And But really, it's sort of, it's unsaid, it's unstated often. It's just the way you do things around here. Um, and it's just the, you know, some practice cultures are very formal, respectful. Uh, others are more laid back, casual. Everyone kind of reflects the leaders of the practice because it starts at the top and they demonstrate the behaviors that they want. Um, or, you know, when people look up at the senior veterinarian or founders of the practice, for examples, or those who have been around for a long time, it's like, oh, that's how they act. I guess that's how we're supposed to act. And so that's why you can have some practices uh, with such a loosey-goosey culture and others are less so. And none of them are right or wrong. It's what's appropriate for that practice. And if you're coming into a, a new practice or you're starting a new practice, how does your practice culture come into being? That is a great question. And it's one of those things, this is where I said before, there's the culture that just ends up happening. And then there's those that are like, I this is the kind of culture I want. And so... The first is, you know, what are the behaviors that you want people to demonstrate? And a lot of that can be uh, projected by the leaders, the founders. But really, if you wanted to have a good structure, is it's based on your values, your purpose, or your vision. And so, you know, what you want is these are a set of values, and they're not just something that we're going to print on and put in the break room and collect dust. These are things that we are going to use that to make decisions. We're going to use our core values of, you know, if we're going to do this, does this contravene any of the values? Is this in line of our values? 
tying in with that is what is your purpose? Sometimes people think of that as your mission of like why it is that you're in business and, and what does that look like? And so, um, for example, our, in our practice, ours is to give horse owners peace of mind about the decisions they make about the health care of the horse. We use that phrase every day. And so we use that like, you know, if something is wrong, we get a customer complaint. It's usually because we haven't uh, given them peace of mind. And so it helps us hire the per- the right people that would uh, deliver that. Um, it just makes everybody sensitive. So we're very much a service, a customer service driven practice because of that is our focus. Um, but we also have four core values that we use every day for guidance. And, you know, because of these values and that purpose, that is the flavor of our practice. So what are those four core values? You got to be curious now. Yeah, the first one is evolve. So we are, you know, the only constant in our practice is change. And so if you're somebody that doesn't like change or you like things the way it is, you're going to struggle in our practice. And so we hire people that are, are, I wouldn't say necessarily looking for change, but when change happens, they're like, okay, yeah, it's all for the better. Let's go for that. The second one is collaboration. We're highly focused on collaboration. There's no eyes in our team and we work together. We also have a very flat hierarchy because of that. And so, you know, um, we tell everybody that the doctors can't do the job without the support staff. The support staff wouldn't have a job without the doctors. We need to work together. We're a team. And so that's our focus. And and that's how we demonstrate. And, you know, to a point where we had a, a veterinarian, this is years gone by, but this is sort of developing a culture and making sure it happens the way you want it to. And, you know, she would come home from a day or come back to the clinic after a day on the road. And, you know, she'd just go into the office and get on Facebook or do whatever, or just leave while the, the vet assistant or technician was emptying out the truck, spinning blood, filling out Coggins forms, you know, typical end of the day kind of thing, cleaning the dental equipment, what have you. And I finally said, it's like, you don't finish until your technician's finished. You help. Like, you know, give her a hand bringing stuff in, you know, just, you know, and then, you know, when, you know, when she's caught up, all right, then we can all go. So let's go all home together and not leave somebody there. And and I think it resonated with the rest of the team. Like we're serious about collaboration. The other one is accountability. It's never want to hear. It's not my job. Um, we also are allowed to make mistakes because of that. And that's how we learn by making mistakes. And so we want people to not be fearful that they're going to screw up all the time. And so they're, you know, don't want people to repeat mistakes. Mistakes are, we learn from them. Um, but it's accountable. And if you screwed up, um, you, you own it. And if something does great, well, it's usually the team that's helped you do it. And then the last one is excellence. And that is we, we strive to be the best at what we do, no matter what we do. Um, and again, that's, a, that's a demonstration. So if somebody's like, yeah, that's good enough, or I don't really want to, you know, I, I've reached the limit of what I want to learn as a vet or a support staff, what have you. You know, it's, it's, you're probably not, should be part of our team by then. See, those, that's ourselves. so great. That, that probably helps a lot for people knowing, do I want to be here? Do I want to stay here? And do I want this person in my practice from top to bottom? 
Yeah, and so that's the criteria. We, you know, we we just were inter, uh, interviewing a bunch of people for one of the positions, and by using this framework and using the same questions when we're hiring people, so you can compare um, the different candidates equally, you could suss out pretty quickly. Like, you know what, this person's they're pretty set in their ways, and they're not going to change. Well, they're not going to work. The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you by Care Credit. CareCredit keeps equine veterinarians at the heart of care by providing horse owners with simple, budget-friendly financing options. By bridging the gap between cost and care, CareCredit supports healthy financial relationships between veterinarians and their clients. It can help them move forward with care of horse needs whenever and wherever it's needed. So let's kind of go at the other end. Can you change an existing practice culture? Yes. And the caveat is only if the leaders wanted to change. So like I've worked with some practices and uh, on this subject and like, Hey, our culture is a little bit toxic or nobody gets along. Can we change it? All right. So we do the exercises, help develop values, a purpose, a vision. Where does this practice want to go in 10 years? Um, but if the owners or the lead vets say, you know, somebody else handles it. I'm just going to carry on doing my own thing. It's not going to work. And, and I've been in situations where I've said, you know what, we're going to stop now because unless you as the leaders demonstrate the values and the behavior you want others to do, it's not going to work. You just can't defer this. It's, it's like you can get somebody to, to cut your lawn, paint the fences, but you've got to do the hard work of demonstrating what that culture you want to be. And I'm going to break it down just a little bit because what does practice culture mean to the veterinarians in the practice? That's a, yeah, that's a great question. In fact, I've never been asked that before. So, but it's everything. It's like, do you want to come to work with people that are enthusiastic? Do you want to come? Do you feel like you're supported by the people that you're there? Do you make a mistake and you get thrown underneath the bus? You know, um, and that's too common, um, you know, so or the flip side of it is if, if you're a very if you want to be in a culture that's uh, very structured, uh, very detailed uh, and you're in a practice that's just like everything goes. That's just that's not fun. And so when we're talking about the environment where there's fewer people that want to go into equine practice. Uh, fewer people that are staying in the profession, a lot of that could be attributed to the workplaces. You know, people always, you know, there's a common saying in HR that people don't quit jobs, they quit bad managers. And like everything, there's exceptions to the rule. That's a good generalization, but it's true. It's like, if you're not going to work and, you know, if all things are equal, like you're getting paid well, but you don't like where you work because the culture is not good, it's toxic, people are you know, talking behind other people's back, they're gossipy, there's some negativity. Like, as vets, we can go anywhere we want to work. And so you're going to find the place where you feel yourself. And let's let's take it down to the rest of the crew, because I know this is so important at McKee Pownall. What about the staff? What does a practice culture mean to a staff? Well, again, it's like it's, they look forward to coming to work, you know, um, they get enthusiastic when, you know, we never have a situation or I should say never, there's never a never, but it's so rare to have a situation where somebody's like, 
you know, I need help. Can somebody not help me? And, and nobody says no, or I got to go. It's the end of the day. Like, all right, we're in this, you know, can we be flexible? We got to move around jobs. You know, we're short. Somebody's out sick or on vacation. All right, we'll do what we need to do. And so there's that kind of camaraderie and um, that really reflects our values and our clients see it too. It's like, oh, it's like, oh, your staff show up, your vets show up, you're all smiling. It's relaxed. You know, it's, it's, it's enjoyable to work with your team. Um, and it, cause it reflects the culture of the accountability and the excellence that we want to have. And that was the last breakdown I was going to have is, is practice culture can mean a lot to clients. You, you may think, oh, practice culture is just us inside this business office, but it's not, it really reflects who you are. You know what? I learned this when I was shoeing horses is that like attracts like, and so you're not going to be the vet practice for everybody. Everybody has different needs. Um, but the ones that like your culture will gravitate towards you. And so the ones that want excellence in our case that, you know, that wants accountability, that wants the peace of mind from our purpose. Yeah. They're going to come to us because they, they value that. That's great. And is there anything else that you would like to, to mention about practice culture as whether you're a leader, uh, an associate, or a staff member? I think practice culture is very underappreciated as a recruiting tool. You know, when we're trying to hire people, and we always do a working interview, like the, the, the co-workers hire the person. Uh, they will have an introductory interview, particularly if the vets, um, I'm not so involved in the support staff at all the locations, but, you know, because I trust the managers, they know what we're looking for. But, you know, when you want to make sure that the team works well together, you want to make sure the coworkers, you know, give you the thumbs up that this is the right team for uh, teammate for them. So whenever we are hiring somebody, we'll say, you know, spend half a day, uh, longer for veterinarians and you know when the person has spent the day then we get everybody together who's worked with them and saying what do you think and they're the ones that are like hire them they'll be a great fit for the team yeah they'll blend right in as opposed to or like eh, not so much i don't think they would really be a, a good match for us um they're just they just don't get who we are and they're the ones that can see it and the biggest mistakes i've hired i've had when hiring is not listening to the support staff or the other vets and when they've come back and said no 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 this person's not right and i've thought oh they are it's or and vice versa and, you know i've learned over the years trust them they'll make the much better decision than i will well that is a great point to make and it, that statement alone probably will save some folks who are hiring some difficult days when they need to get rid of someone. Mm -hmm. And thank you very much for joining us today, Dr. Panel. I've really enjoyed uh, our talks together. And a big thanks to our, our listeners for joining us on the Business of Practice. And thank you to our sponsor, Care Credit, who gives us the space to have these conversations. And we invite you to visit equimanagement.com or your favorite podcast network to hear all of our episodes of the Business of Practice. And if you have any questions or suggestions, send an email to me at kbrown, that's the letter K Brown, at equinenetwork.com. 